Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of XP Gains. My name, as always, is McThane, and I'm here with my co-host and preferred brand of AI, Mr. Silverstrike. Yes, we're back, guys. We're back. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, we've been gone for a long time, so we're just trying to get back up to speed. There's been a lot going on in both of our lives. We've been playing a lot of games. We have not been playing a lot of games. Uh, we'll get to that in due time, but... We're happy to be back, and we're just going to be going back over what we've been doing in the recent months and where we're planning to go for the year of 2020. Don't miss it. We hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll see you on the flip side. Oh, yeah. Roll the intro. <laughs> So I got Ring Fit Adventure like last year, like pretty much after its release, a month after its release or something like that. Let's go with that. And I played it uh, for a little bit and I thought it was pretty cool, but I didn't really do it, like didn't really play it a lot. I played it like twice a week or something like that. Um, and it was really nice because you could show it off to people and then convince them that you're actually exercising, but really you're only picking this thing up twice a week. So are you really exercising? Eh, that's debatable, right? So anyway. See, this is the funny thing because uh, I remember somebody having this debate with me previously and I was going to the gym like four times a week at that point, maybe five times. And uh, yeah, her her mother, the person I was talking to, her mother said that she was going to the gym like two times or three times a week, but she'd been, quote unquote, trying to lose weight for about five years and hadn't had any results. And I was like, well, yeah, she isn't trying then. I mean, if you just go to the gym and walk on the treadmill for 15 minutes, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't do anything, precisely. So, um, I mean, I did, so I did two sessions uh, a week and what it comes down to, like, uh, I think the game gives you 10 minutes of active exercise, which is like 25 minutes IRL that you're like doing stuff. Uh, but it's 10 minutes of active exercise where you're actually doing reps and running and stuff like that. So, you know, 10 minutes in game basically takes 25 minutes IRL. Uh, and after those 10 minutes, the game tells you to cool down and uh, take a break. Which, of course, you do until the next day yeah and then so yeah so you can take a break <laughs> yeah. and then resume and do some more or you can decide to stop for the day and i would stop for the day and then i would like play uh five days later right um which obviously doesn't lead to any weight loss or whatever but it was a fun thing you know it it, it helps you work your arms and and legs and stuff like that but i didn't i still think it's i still think it's better for your body though i mean your your body's going to be a lot less likely to at least put on weight if you're at least getting some kind of activity on a regular basis, yeah. Yeah, it's better than, it's definitely better than nothing. Um, but then it's, at the start of this year, I was able to show it off to my girlfriend and she was very kind of interested by it. She was initially laughing at it because it's a silly concept. It's like basically a role-playing game that you're playing um, with some exercise goals. So when you're running around in this world, you're actually running around in, in place. Uh, and then when you encounter enemies, you have to beat them by doing specific attacks. And specific attacks are tied to specific workout exercises. Sometimes it's squats. Sometimes it's jumping jacks. It's like an RPG, right? And um, I showed it off to my girlfriend and she tried it out. And she actually worked up quite the sweat as well in like, uh, you know, the 25 minutes, which is the default session. So you got sweaty with your girlfriend, right? Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> Sick. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I basically... Asked her if she was interested in that as well, and she said, um, "In in playing in, with your in, ring, in play <laughs> son of a bitch." 
Yeah, you know, my dad called me that too. I told him not to talk about his wife that way. <laughs> so basically, um, I bought uh, the Ring Fit Adventure game for um, my girlfriend's family as well. They have a Switch in, in at home as well. And um, like my girlfriend plays it a lot, like tries to play it every day. And I'm like competing with her, basically. We're like, yeah, have you done your exercise yet? Oh, okay. So I'm doing it pretty much every day. Uh, oh my God, this is going to sound so wrong, man. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting you take the rope for yourself right now. I'll hang you with it later. I'm, I can, I, I can fit, I can fix this in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so basically, um, you mean we haven't transcended to the point where it's an artistic choice? Yes. Yet. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm working out a lot more now. Uh, and I've been playing it a lot more. Um, I guess you could say playing, but really it's, it's a good workout. So I like it a lot. I think, especially now that we all have to stay inside, that's a very good alternative to going outside and exposing yourself or risk exposing yourself, I suppose. Cause I'll- I mean, I've, I've got to say, man, like I, I think it really depends on context. I have a woodland path. I wouldn't really call it a trail. It is a it is a path, like it's maintained by the the local council. But yeah, so um, I was about to say, um, there's no gyms open, right? Yeah. So it's a nice alternative for that. Obviously, if you can run around in nature and you know do something like that, then yeah, exactly. And I don't really feel like that's that's not dangerous. A risk. Assuming no. there's nobody running uh, next to you, of course. Well, that's it. I mean, you do see people walking dogs, but I mean, you've you've literally got the whole of the great outdoors to not get within six feet of people. So I don't, I don't really consider it in any way more risky than I I would consider it just going to the store, which you obviously cannot avoid. Yeah. So, so honestly, um, how much I work out and why isn't very relevant, but I do want to talk about how the game mechanics work and what's in there, because I think it's interesting and uh, some people might have the wrong opinion or the ro- the wrong impression, I, su- I should say, uh, of what the game is about. So when you buy this thing, it's uh, in it's seventy euros, right? So it's um, ten euros more than a regular AAA game for the Switch, which is usually fifty nine ninety nine, so sixty euros. So if you get like Zelda Breath of the Wild at launch, it was like sixty euros. This game is 10 euros more expensive and it ships with this huge ring. Um, you need the regular switch for it. So you need the, the Joy-Cons because you actually insert one of the Joy-Cons into the ring so that it can like do all the detection of what you're doing with the ring. That's kind of gross, man. <laughs> and uh, you also have a... a... I'm, I'm just going to ignore it, man. <laughs> I just waited. I just waited. I knew it would and, come eventually. Um, and, and you also have a leg strap, right? Um. A strap that you, would, uh, you were you were into bondage that you strap yeah. on, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, a strap a strap that you put on exactly right? while you insert the Joy-Con into the ring. Yeah, sure. Do you have those uh, those new Joy-Cons with the vibration function, or are are they just are they just ribbed and dotted for her pleasure? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking, man. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> oh man, this... so that's a that's a no on the on the tingle stuff. Uh, well, the Joy Cons uh, have vibration in them. Yes. Um... <laughs> I knew. I knew you were too completionist to not answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I knew it. So, um, yeah, so you have this ring and you have a leg strap and you insert the Joy-Cons in both the leg strap and the ring con, which is what they call these things. Kind of silly names. Um, mm-hmm. You calibrate them a little bit and... So, um, so you have the strap con and the ring con. <laughs> Oh, gosh. It's not called the strap con. Gosh. Mom, have you seen my strap con? <laughs> Your what? So, yeah, you calibrate this this ring, and, of course, the ring is used to determine if you're doing your exercises correctly. And then you can choose. You can choose to play either adventure mode or to do just individual exercises. So if you just want to pick up the game and get your exercise done, you don't need to go through this RPG game if you don't want to. You can just straight up use this thing for workouts, push yourself on the highest difficulty, and it is quite challenging. So that's a good. That's one good thing to know. Like you, you don't need to be um, very experienced, but if you are, it's it can still be quite the workout for you. And um, don't make the mistake of putting it on the highest difficulty right away because you're gonna suffer <laughs> if you do that. It's it's pretty pretty bad. So is it does it does it add in more activity or is it just demand more intense activity? For example, I saw a, a short clip that you were showing us, and it was a dragon or something, and you had to flap your wings in order to fly faster. For example, does it require more activity in order for you to keep up? Yeah. So so th- there's a, a couple of mechanics um, in regards to traversal, map traversal. So one of them is jogging, which has you place uh, jog in place. Um, there's other mechanics such as flying and, uh, rowing, like rowing a boat. Uh, and those are just separate, uh, exercises that you do. Um, those don't really change based on the difficulty, but the regular exercises, the quote unquote attacks that you make, uh, in, in the, in the game or the exercises that you pick, if you want to do like a quick exercise without playing the entire campaign, you can do that as well. Uh, the reps basically increase. So you just have to do more reps when you put the difficulty up. Which is far more straining, obviously. Um, at the start of the game, the game even like uh, asks you to do a little uh, like test run, and then it kind of suggests a difficulty for you um, based on a few questions you answer. And then you can get started and uh, play on on a, a difficulty. And if you find it too difficult or too easy, please, please, please tell me that the questions they ask you involve things like, "Can you fit through ordinary doors?" It would be it would be hilarious. No, the question is more like, uh, "Do you work out at all?" <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, mm-hmm. do you work out? Uh, how often do you work out? If you work out, and then like your responses are also based on your weight. And your BMI, right? So yeah, and and you know, and you know, if you lie, you're just going to get punished so hard. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I work out, no problem. Twenty minutes later, <laughs> please. Um. So yeah, Ring Fit Adventure is pretty good. I like it a lot, uh, and that's one of the games that we obviously missed last year. Um, especially for me, because one of the reasons that the podcast wasn't around is because I was having a bunch of health issues. Um, it's been very helpful for me personally to just be able to take a little bit extra care of my body and be like a little bit more active than I usually am. It's not that I'm fat anymore. I was, you know, slightly overweight, I think last year. And then 
I took quite a few measures and adjusted my diet, which is something that the game also encourages, by the way, and lost, you know, a good, good amount of weight. Well, yeah, I mean, your um, your fitness is only as good as your diet, really. Exactly. So um, your diet is usually the constraining factor. That's the first thing you should really look at. And then you, of course, I mean, you can eat well and still be extremely out of breath because you're not used to much physical activity. Well, sure. But all, all I'm saying is you're never going to be fitter than your diet. Yeah, exactly. Allows you to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, if you're working out every day, but you're eating crap and lots of it, that's not you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the first thing I wanted to do. But after that, I was like, well, I need to find something, but I didn't, I don't want to, well, basically the, the, the problem was that I didn't really have a lot of time. Um, with a commute that takes a significant amount of time and stuff like that, the real constraining factor was mostly like, I could work out, but I could do it in the evening, but I don't really want to have to go to a gym in the evening because that is just, I mean, for me, it's not for me, right? For some people might enjoy it, not for me. So I I saw this thing, they announced it at like pretty short notice. And uh, I looked at the trailer and I was like, what the fuck is Nintendo doing this time? And, you know, everybody was laughing at this thing. And then, you know, before you know, everybody's having these rave reviews about the game. And now that we're all locked inside, you can't even find the game anywhere anymore. Like it's sold out. It's pretty yeah. wild. I remember you mentioning this the other day, actually. It doesn't really surprise me, but at the same time, I, I'm kind of impressed and kind of shaking my head at the same time because people wait for an event like this to start working out. But at the same time, like they're at least they're now saying, oh, yeah, I could, uh, I could actually do some stuff that's good for me. Well, my guess is that it's also people who just usually do things to work out, but they can't come outside or like are limited in what they can do. Like people who are you know, who would usually go to the gym, but can't anymore. And they're like, well, I might as well try out this ring fit thing and see how it works, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, um, a large chunk of people probably. Because I mean, all the computer nerds who were sitting uh, behind their computer and doing, you know, nothing but playing video games, they're quite unlikely to... You you called? ...work out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's partially me as well, right? I mean, not a lot has changed. Well, we're here. So. We we run a podcast called XP Gains for fuck's sake, like yeah, like literally. When I have to tell people in in real life what it's called, I'm like, it's called. Uh, and they're like what? <laughs> I'm like, it's called. Yeah. Okay, just just say it in plain English, man. Yeah, it's it's called um, it's called XP Gains. What what does that mean? Well, it's kind of a joke about like XP, you know, like gaining experience points, and they're like, oh, okay, and gains, just just gains, man. Gains. Don't you know what gains are, man? Jeez. Yeah. Don't you lift, bro? And they're like, so you're like a game fitness person? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yes. obviously the answer to the second part is no. You look should at me. just say yes. <laughs> are, are you looking at the person that I see in the mirror? Or do I just look different to you? Like, <laughs> Well, the last time I saw you IRL, you didn't look very unfit to me. I'm No, I'm not tremendously unfit. I'm kind of... I've got that kind of middling body type. I'm not I'm not fat, I'm not skinny. Um I think honestly, if I was to work out and get a good not like be totally ripped, like shredded, man. Like that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm going for, but I think if I uh, had a little bit of like tone. Yeah. Um I actually think that I could I would probably have a really good natural kind of body type for that that type of look. So So what you're I'm, saying is we should get you Ring Fit Adventure. 
Buy me Ring Fit Adventure, please. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to buy it for myself. It's just like my hemorrhoid cream. I just, I can't buy it. <laughs> I need it so bad. Oh my gosh. But the last time I went in, they started asking me questions about the condition. I just said it was for my friend and ran out. So you may remember that our last episode was about um, Fire Emblem, right? Where we talked about balance and like custom game modes that people had invented with like these hacks and stuff. I don't remember that because I was asleep while you were talking about that. I, I, I think, I think you actually contributed to the conversation. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on an IV drip of caffeine this time around, so I can ah, stay awake for it. Okay, 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 okay. So since then, we actually got a Fire Emblem game. Really? Wow. And it was reviewed very positively, and a lot of Twitch streamers streamed it. It was pretty good, and I played that game. Yeah, that I noticed. Well, I should say I didn't notice because you weren't here for me to notice anything. That's that's what I noticed. Exactly. I was yeah. gone. Every time like Persona or Fire Emblem comes out, we just don't see you for a month. Yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> for you. Yeah. Well, We not, miss you, man. Not for you. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The important people in your life. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Welcome back to fucking 2020, man. <sighs> Yeah, so if you told me in 2019, look, Silver, um, here's the deal. We're going to be like close to World War III. Then there's going to be this crazy virus that's going to like take over the world. And there's going to be a new Half-Life game. I would have said, shut the fuck up. You know, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And all those three, all those three things happened, right? And then the mustache comes off and it's actually future you. Oh my gosh, that would be wild. And then the skin comes off and you are a Terminator. Ooh. I lost you. Anyway. You did. <laughs> so we got a lot of crazy stuff, but a lot of good stuff. Um, I don't know if it was known when we last recorded, but Doom was postponed mm-hmm. and then eventually released um, like- Too much applause. Two yep. weeks two weeks ago or something like that. Well, much, much crying of weebs. There isn't enough ammo, so I can only use one gun forever. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a it's a different game from the last one, which is good. Really? It's a good game. It's received positive reviews across the board. Yes. Pretty much. It has received universal acclaim, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um with the, like a, an 89 metacritic score or almost 90, so that's pretty Yeah, good. and and this time when they write universal acclaim, they're not citing reviews from like trash websites. And like fucking IGN. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy that um, Bethesda was able to, you know, release a game and uh, it was good. It was <laughs> successfully. Good. Yeah. <laughs> For once. For once. I mean, yeah. yeah. It makes a nice change. I, I kind of wish that EA would maybe get in on this, you know, the whole like Fallout 76 and they, they kind of tried to fix that. And then. Well, that I was mean, Bethesda, thing, right? Yeah, it is Bethesda, but it's still a shit show. But at least they kind of did their best. I kind of wish EA would would take a, a leaf out of that book. So what's wrong with was, EA right now? Well, I, I was actually watching um, a video on kind of the whole review of the situation with Anthem 2.0 coming out. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh no. That's really... It's still a dumpster fire. Still. Look. It's I, a dumpster fire. It's It's almost like, you know, that hypothetical question... If a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, it's like, if Anthem 2.0 comes out, but the game is totally 100% fucking dead, does anyone give a shit? (laughs) It's like, hmm. 
Hard to debate. I think Anthem 2.0 might release to thunderous silence. I kind of feel like that's going to be the way, yeah. I, th- I, I think probably a handful of people are going to go and play it, and I'm sure that streamers and stuff are going to go just for the views. Yeah. But I don't think anybody is going to be excited to buy it, at the very least. And the people who have already bought it, I mean, I'll tell you one thing right now. It better be fucking free for people oh, yeah, who have yeah, already purchased it the is, game. It is, it is. They've, it better they've already be. they've already said that. But here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, but right? I mean I mean really free. I mean not like, oh, you can uh, come and play the game for free if you already bought it, but the first thing that slaps you in the face is a splash screen telling you how to spend money. Look. You know what I mean? Well, that was present in the release already, so I wouldn't be surprised if they still fill it with microtransactions. However, they need to get their core loop right. And I think that's what they're working on. They need that to get being, everything right. Man. That being said, I have absolutely no confidence that they will be able to get anywhere close to a decent game loop. They were given so much time to get it right the first time. Well, and then they screwed it we up. All, we all know that story, though, about all the mismanagement and everything else. Yeah, sure. But that doesn't matter, right? In the end, it doesn't matter because we had their community managers and like marketing people all saying, look, we're looking at the feedback. Uh, we're doing an internal and a, like a closed beta and we're collecting uh, information. Uh, we're going to try to do our best to make the system as nice as possible and tweak it. And like, yeah, maybe combat was acceptable, but like everything else in that game was just a total garbage fire. So I don't know, man. It would have to be really fucking good to make me go back. And to be honest, it's a it's an old game at this point, right? Nobody gives a shit anymore. So why would people go back when there's so many other games that are taking up our time? Like many people are still playing you know, I, I Fortnite. Hear what you're saying. Many people I, are still playing Apex. Many people are playing the new Call of Duty War, whatever that is. Battle whatever Royal the new Call thing. of Duty it is that came out this month. Yeah, exactly. Like this month and the month before and the month before that. Yeah, but anyway, like I think the thing with Anthem is really the romance of the setting. It's it's the the fusion of the kind of sci fantasy type thing. It scratches that that itch that I think Warframe really appeals to people on on the same level. And I think it's it can grab people from the division. It can grab people from Destiny. It can grab people from Warframe. I think it really hits a nice sweet spot in terms of the setting and the the visual representation and the combat potential and the abilities and stuff, but it's like you're saying. The execution was shit, in a word. It was absolutely shit. The combat was really boring. I mean, for example, moving around in Warframe feels more fluid, and you can't fly in Warframe. I think that the problem... So that really tells you something. The shooting feels nicer in so many other games, like The Division, Warframe, yeah. but you, you, it feels just shitty. The enemies are bullet well, spongy see, like they are in Borderlands, but you don't have the the loot system. You don't have the crazy, zany, wild weapons that, that Borderlands appeals yeah. on, and you don't have the wild, over-the-top skills that Borderlands e- exactly, appeals on. Exactly, Thane. That's, I think, what the problem is with this game. It's too milquetoast. It's yeah. as basic as it gets. So mm-hmm. individually, yeah. the components are satisfying, right? Well, I think f- that's it, though. It tries to it tries to occupy the middle ground between all these other successful franchises, but and it as doesn't, a result, it doesn't have its own identity. It's bad as a result, 
And but the it, only yeah. thing where you can really say, well, this is good, and there's not many other games that do it better, or no other game does it better, is the one thing that we've raved about before, and that is the flight. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, everything else is pretty much cookie-cutter, like, fetch quests and shoot quests and kill X amount of mobs and blah, blah, blah. And, like, look, there's so many other games that have far better content out there than that. There's no point in playing this. So I can totally understand why so many people riled against it and were like, this is garbage. And now here's the thing. It sold a lot, right? But it's a live service game, and a lot of the revenue depends on whether people keep coming back, play the expansions, and there was just no audience the developers were like i think they must have seen the signs and then like none of that expansion content that they promised ever came out and then they're like yeah we know it's bad so we're gonna refactor it and we're gonna rework it and they pretty much said that they're not gonna touch the campaign as well which like even that ran like shit on my machine so i mean i have no confidence like I'm going to be honest, like the, the, the Bioware team that built all these great games a decade ago is mostly gone because the industry churns out those people. Like most people stay at these companies for six years. That's like the average. And then they're either burned out or like... Or they get headhunted or something. Or somebody else just poaches them, right? Exactly. So I I don't even think that there's a team there that can do what was done back in like the mass effect days or something like that i i don't i just don't believe yeah i think really they would need to have somebody on board on the design team who was basically like a steve jobs yeah you need like somebody who's just yeah somebody who's just gonna kick ass and take names and not give a fuck what the game was before this is what we're making now and you also need a variety of very like seasoned programmers and 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 game designers and level yeah, people who can make that vision a reality in other words and yeah. i'm sure that there's some really talented people at bioware i like no doubt but it seems to me looking at the output of the studio that the inspiration not is not there people. the vision is not there really well, that's the bottom line i feel like there was definitely a vision for anthem I don't. But they clearly weren't able to deliver. Like, look, their vision was we're going to make the biggest life service game ever. But that's where the vision stopped, right? No, that was the vision of the shareholders, right? Because they were seeing dollar signs, right? The vision of the team that originally created it wanted to see this blasted wasteland, almost like Death Stranding, but more interesting. So you'd have these mech suits, and it would basically be a slog through a really harsh environment, just going out into the world around these uh, safe zones, the towns, so to speak, the fortresses or whatever they were, would be really difficult. It would be very challenging. You'd have to worry about your survival at every moment. Killing enemies was a big deal. Getting loot and being able to successfully bring it back was the main the main goal. Now, that would have been really cool because there isn't really a game like that. But they they didn't go for that. And what the CEOs wanted to see was flying around and flashy bright lights and stuff like that you know they they don't i don't know i don't really think they understand the market because the big flashy bright lights like destiny's done that warframe has done that and then you've got the the military type of angle with tom clancy's division that that's done that 
what what you had room for was this kind of pseudo post-apocalyptic sci fantasy, really interesting setting. But then we got I don't even death, know Death Stranding. Know death Stranding was really boring, and Anthem was just shit. Like wait, honestly, wait, hold on. I feel what are like, you saying? Death I feel Stranding like you re- was very. Have you played Death Stranding? I've seen people play Death Stranding, and I have no interest in playing it. Okay, right. It's. I've watched people play. I it. think it's an opinion to say that it is boring, because I I think you can totally say that it isn't at the same time. I'm sure that there are people who played Death Stranding and enjoyed it, but I didn't really feel like there was much to it. I I don't honest. I don't think you would be the kind of person who'd enjoy it. Yeah. You cut me deep, man. To be fair, I wouldn't. You cut be, me deep. I wouldn't enjoy it either. Probably, I've played it for a little. Well, bit. so so who enjoys it? Let me let me see if I can let me see if I can find this. Right, I loved Death Stranding. Oh, there's a couple of really great videos on there. People who are raving about the game. It gets. I think the initial barrier is the big thing, right? You need to get over, or like, you need to get past the first 10, 20 hours of the game, and then it like, it really becomes more beautiful. It's all about exploration. In the first few hours of the game, and if that isn't for you, you're gonna just say, "Oh wow, this isn't for me. This is a wasteland. All I'm doing is exploring." Uh, you know, delivering okay, so packages. You might, you might actually be. You might actually be wrong about me, right? Because like. Uh, we we both know, but maybe our our listeners don't know that I play Black Desert Online, and one of the things that I really enjoy about Black Desert Online is this huge, beautiful open world. And I often find myself just running around in the world to see what's there. There's no particular reward for doing so. Um, I did this back when I used to play Guild Wars One as well. I didn't enjoy this in Guild Wars Two because. Essentially, exploration there is ticking boxes. Um, it so you enjoy really taking in the vistas. I love, yeah, I love getting out. And especially in this uh, in this review I'm looking at right now, I love Death Stranding. Thank you to everyone at Kojima Productions. And the screenshot that they've included is this beautiful open vista. When I see something like this, I go, yeah, that looks amazing. But then when I watch people playing the game, it looks yeah. like a lot of bureaucratic inventory management i don't play games for that yeah so there's definitely some elements to that game that you might feel are not worth playing right the it's a very very raw game right you have to it's it's almost silly in how realistic it is in some regards right you have to as a package delivery boy basically put on this backpack and balance all the packages and then while you're traversing the terrain, you're balancing yourself as well. But there's a beauty to how you go from being this, you know, just by yourself and being absolutely overwhelmed by everything that this world has to offer to eventually getting into this place where you're kind of connecting to other players and taking in those connections and making use of them. So as you prog- progress, you're connected to an, on- an online world and items that have been created and put in by other people also enter your world as you pr- progress through the story. So what happens is where you would used to do this really stupid slog from point A to point B, and you've gone through like 20 hours of this, so you fucking hate it, or you're like really tired of it at some point. 
And maybe it's a slightly therapeutic at a certain point, but you're like, you don't love it, but you're doing it because you want to see how the story evolves. And then all of a sudden, there's a bike there, and a truck, and roads are starting to form, and electricity lines, and things are starting to get connected again. And that's the moment that all the reviewers are like, wow, there's something special about this game. Now, I haven't played the story. I've done the like a few initial quests, and that's it. There's definitely a few things about Death Stranding that are extraordinary, and they're definitely worth seeing. Now, can you get past that initial barrier? I don't know. Maybe that's a problem. I, I actually suspect 50% of people who play that game probably drop it within three hours. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if that number is higher. But if you, if you actually push through, there's something really special. Like in terms of cinematography and stuff like that, Kojima is next level, right? There's no video game that looks like Death Stranding does. And the, the amount of detail. And the truth is Death Stranding is weird, right? Because you have fucking, um, monster energy drink, uh, like product placement in the game, right? <laughs> Which is wild. Yep. And, and your protagonist has to piss, right? To defeat enemies. It's pretty out there, this game, but it's, yeah, it's wild. That's all I can say about it, really. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely been one of those games that is, that gets discussed a lot. Like, is video game, are video games art? If that question comes up, people are like, Death Stranding. Just play Death Stranding. The game is the point of the game. That's what Death Stranding is. I'd, like, I watched a, a pretty hilarious review of a guy, um, who basically reviewed it and was and he had a few like really good zingers in, in his review and he was like you know what if it was zelda breath of the wild but it was boring <laughs> you know like that's what death stranding is it's well, not meant to be an exciting game it's it's something special but see okay so take something like death stranding right yeah and take that bleakness take that world exploring and take that harshness of the survival system right yes jazz that up a little bit make it a little bit more gamey right so it's a bit more mainstream right? right but what does that even mean i think it's hard to take that setting and make it mainstream i think this point of the setting is that you're alone isolated and defeated i really just meant the setting right i didn't mean okay. the tone so what what does that mean the setting right. specifically what what parts of i mean the world that you find yourself in right so not so much the the aspect that you're out there completely by yourself, but more in the but sense that- it is a barren it world, is, right? It, yeah, it is bleak. It is harsh. It is a mostly natural world as natural really means without any touches of civilization. It's harsh. It's unforgiving, right? R right. You don't, you don't just have a, you know, a corner store that you can go down to and pick up a, a bottle of water if you're thirsty, right? You have okay. to find a source of water, right? That kind of thing. So- Imagine that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. Jazz up the the interaction and the survival elements so they're a little bit more gamey, maybe a little bit less deep, a little bit less complex and more approachable, right? But maybe also simultaneously still quite punishing, like a lot of resource management, stuff like that. And then put that in the sci-fantasy type tone and setting that was clearly always intended for Anthem, 
that's apparently what they intended to make. Yeah, I don't think that will work. I think the the idea of having a setting that is very much untouched by humanity is something that you can't put in a video game very well. Let alone in a video but game that is... But there's Death Stranding. I yeah, mean, that's, that's that, exactly what you've been saying. See, right? but that only works because it is a single-player game, right? And Anthem is trying to do this multiplayer sure, game, right? But that's exactly what I'm saying, right? If you take that and you add enemies and you add that you can blast and you add, you know, toxic clouds that you have to avoid and you add, you know, crazy environmental hazards and lightning storms and things like that, you know, like they teased in the trailer, right? For Anthem. Yeah, like, and this in is, the, this is in, material in the first that they, few cinematics they as well. Yeah, they introduced a couple of things. Like, there's a lightning storm going on in one of the first cinematics, if I remember and, correctly. But yeah, and there's huge creatures that you don't always want to fight right away because they might be too difficult for you to fight where you currently are in your equipment loadout or whatever. Right? If you if you created a system like that, I think people would have a lot of fun with it. It's basically an MMO, um, and I mean, people love MMOs, right? They're, they're fucking everywhere. I think, and- yeah, I think it works if there's enough content. And Anthem was starved for content. It had a small map and there was nothing yeah. to do. No, but that's, the, yeah, but that would be a problem with any game. This yeah. is this is exactly what a lot of the reviewers are saying, basically. Absolutely. Is that they're, they're talking about how, oh, yeah, we need to get the, the core gameplay loop right and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but basically what you're saying there is you need to have a game. Yeah, there was nothing there. There wasn't much. any content to play. Whether you liked it or not. I mean, I'm I'm going to be upfront about this. I love robots. I love mecha. I love all that stuff, right? So the idea that I could take something like Warframe, that kind of gameplay where you're, you're playing, you know, a kind of pseudo-robotic yeah. super soldier kind of thing with some awesome guns. And instead of going down the route of Warframe where your abilities are kind of like, how do these abilities work? they're basically space magic, right? That's not as cool to me. And the fact that you replace that in a a setting like Anthem with explainable kind of soft sci-fi weapon systems or advanced techno whatever, cyber this and ultra mega cyclo hepta mega pentanol that, right? It's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I love that. I really, really, really would like to like Anthem, but I I don't like it. It was boring. The gameplay loop felt non-existent. The controls were stiff and unresponsive. Everything felt wooden, right? I think the main problem is really just they they need a game there. They have an idea, if but they but they need a game. If they right? just take out if they just took out the suits that you jump into and you put them in a dogfighting game or something like that, and mm-hmm. maybe you keep the map around, it would have been much more interesting. I think the the fact that you could run around and shoot mobs all day really did the game a, a lot of disservice as well. Like, clearly it didn't have a great campaign, but, like, the player versus environment experience is something that needs to be tailored right and needs to be done very carefully in a lot of ways i actually think they probably should have taken a leaf out of like monster hunter world's book and had the enemies be like big and significant so you largely would not be taking them on on your own 
I kind of agree with you there, I guess, because thinking about just flying around and shooting random enemies that continuously respawn everywhere you go, that just sounds kind of meaningless. And this huge open world that you've got, which is so, so beautiful and you can fly around, blah, blah, blah. It really distracts you from all yeah, that when so you're just constantly getting, you know, people plinking at your health bar, basically. You also played the beta with me, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so I think I was tired of the game two hours into the beta. Yeah. So the first two hours I experienced were pretty good. It was enjoyable. It was new. But when it was clear that there was nothing more to the game than what I'd seen then. Yeah, basically there was flying around and that was it. And there's, you know, really. oh, you can do this mission. And then in the full game, we have like four or six of those, which is like a tiny amount. Uh, you know, the game that I've been playing recently is Assassin's Creed Origins. And if one of the things that you need to remember about this game is important, it's that it's got an absolutely massive map. Like, it's almost too big. It's probably too big of a game. You can play this game for 100 hours and not have done everything. I'm pretty sure. I think it yeah. takes like 120 hours to do everything. Well, I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, and so Odyssey, feel you. Odyssey is yeah. the same story, right? Big world. Lots of things to do. You're never yeah, really. bored in that game. You can run around. It's, it's a beautiful world. It's a single-player MMO, basically. In a way, that's, but that's also, is, yeah. also not really, right? Because there's no other players to ruin your day. Well, that's why I said single-player MMO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it definitely shares some mechanics, but it's. I feel like almost it's like almost Dark Souls in the open world, but they made it a little bit easier. If you're playing on harder difficulties, Assassin's Creed can be quite challenging now. Like, it used to have a very simple block mechanic up until they did the game in Paris, right? So you would just hit the block button, and then you would just counter everybody who tried to attack you, and you could like instantly kill everybody in chain attacks. Combat wasn't challenging in the least. And then they released Unity and made combat far too hard. Like, things would kill you far too quickly. Um, combat was very iffy. Your kind of window of, of being able to kind of parry and repost was, like, far too brief. And, um, yeah, so battles with, like, three-star enemies or higher, so you have, like, the highest is five stars, were just a bother and not enjoyable at all like yeah you could beat them and the timing was hard but it was well, not very fun they're not enjoyable for people who are not playing a souls like and the game was not really there to be a souls like no game. but but unity so was way worse than what we have now right what we have now you can't play like a souls like you, you you use the shield to block you dodge you roll it plays like a souls like basically or you can play it like a souls like it's the only other thing is you have a bow really and some abilities that. I really wouldn't say it's that difficult, but yeah. No, it's not difficult now, but it was difficult in Unity. Right, okay. Because Fair it tried enough. to take this old system of combat and then have this enhanced AI and stronger enemies and just they would pit them all against you. Like one of the things that Assassin's Creed does is it limits the amount of enemies that attack you simultaneously, right? Sure. It's yeah. always done that, except in Unity. In Unity, you could get the attention of like four ranged units at the same time. And if that happened, you were dead. There was nothing you could do. You could run up to the first guy to try to stab him to make sure that he couldn't shoot you, but then the three others would shoot you and you were dead. 
Like, yes, it's more realistic. Yes, it's more hard. Yes, if you truly play like a stealth game, it's definitely doable because you stealth assassinate the ranged units and then you can take on like the melee fighters maybe or even assassinate them too. It's all possible, but it, it just didn't feel fun. So the this game was actually the, so the game the thing, was challenging. This but is actually not my bugbear with um, with Assassin's Creed Odyssey because you have to put points in the assassin tree in order to, or you have to take things that improve your damage for assassination in order to assassinate people. So yeah, you can you can jump on someone from a high building and stab them in the neck, but they're they not just dead. Go, yeah, yeah, they just go, oh, that was uncomfortable. Please stop doing that. And you're like, okay. So this is this is the same thing in in, in origins, right? Yeah. Um I think it is worse in Odyssey than it was in Origins. I usually can kill everybody in for, with like an aerial assassination with the hidden blade, but I think they made it slightly harder to do so in in Odyssey, which is why I've heard a few complaints about that, and that's definitely a valid complaint. I'm also not quite sure. I don't know if Odyssey has the same like um crafting system i don't yeah, you think have, so you have no it's probably just rng loot drops right uh mostly i think you can you can craft things somehow i haven't really interacted with that though i just use the shit that i find so right okay so the thing yeah. about uh origins is that you don't have any armor in the game there's no armor sets or anything. There's just the main like assassin outfit, and you can have a few cosmetic outfits that you can also buy at like uh, weaver shops and stuff. But it doesn't offer you any protection. Uh, your protection is solely based on your health pool, which is uh, like uh, a piece of armor that you can upgrade by uh, using crafting materials. So if you collect enough, uh, like alligator pelts and uh, what am I saying? Alligator pelts. <laughs> can you imagine alligators having pelts? That would be wild. They'd just be otters, really. Yeah. Maybe otters are just alligators. Ooh. Who knew? Nice theory. So anyway, you kill alligators. Um, you take their skin, and uh, that's like one of the basically ingredients that you need to craft uh, improved armor. Uh, there's also, of course, the hidden blade that you can upgrade, and there's your bracer that you can upgrade, and there's a bunch of items you can upgrade, but all are upgraded through uh, getting items from the in-game economy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I think, so they they made a few changes when they went to Odyssey, and they made it like drop armor be armor pieces as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can get pieces of armor. Because, Definitely. yeah, so that's not the case in Origins, but the, uh, I'm assuming that in Odyssey you also have weapon drops, right? Exactly the same as in Origins. I don't know if it's the same, but I can definitely confirm you do get weapon drops, yes. So there's rarities as well? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's probably it's the a, same. It's a pretty normal RPG-style drop system, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of such a system most of the time. I think it's okay in this game. Mostly because I can still, if I want to, I can still stick to the weapon that I really like and then keep it upgraded. If I sell all the other junk that I found. Yeah, I think that's actually part of my problem with Odyssey is that you're constantly moving on. I really wish that you would stick to, for example, you would have a spear and a sword and uh, whatever, and then you would upgrade them or apply changes to them. Like you could reforge your sword to be 
Aspatha, or you could reforge your sword to be um, a Kopesh or, you know, something like that. Right. And depending on what you forge it to be, it would have different properties, but like you, you customize it. You have a build if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And this, this was something that kind of annoyed me about the game because yeah, you are constantly just looking for just the, the highest damage stuff that you can get really. And if you keep leveling up and you don't update your weapon, you will struggle. Right. So are there difficulties in Odyssey? Yeah. Right. Okay. So are you playing on normal or are you playing on easy? Cause I'm playing on easy in origins. Oh, I'm and... playing on normal. Okay. So I, I pretty much have a policy that I don't play anything on easy. So. I, I started on normal and I was like, ah, these enemies are a little bit too, like, it takes me a little bit too much work to get them killed. Like, it's almost unrealistic how many times I have to hit them. Like, they're that spongy. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. And I was like, you know, like when you're, I could when you're play fighting, it like this, you know. When you're fighting and, bounty hunters who come after you. And yeah, yeah, le- yeah, legit, they're like the same level as you, but you have to stab them. Like, I kid you not, some of them like 50 times. Yeah, yeah so. You, you're just like, okay, I, I would get it if they were more lethal. And if you get hit by them, it's like monstrous damage as well. So you can't get hit by these guys or you will die. But it's the fact that they're not really that lethal, but they take an insane amount of effort to kill. Yeah. It's just like, all right. Okay. I so guess. I don't know if if I I just didn't want to put myself through that. And on easy, it's been, you know, kind of similar to most other Assassin's Creed games. So I'm not really complaining about that one. I just think that maybe they should have tweaked the default difficulty. And apparently in Odyssey, I've I've read a few complaints that people are saying the game progresses nicer uh, if you have the XP boost. Because there's an XP boost, right, that you can buy and that basically doubles all of your experience. Oh, it doubles it? It Jeez. doubles it, yeah. So Let me go buy one of those right now, man. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks or something. And then you get like a boost to you know like your xp so i don't know like in origins in origins it feels pretty fair to me um but nobody was complaining about origins so i'm guessing uh you have to do more side activities to level up in um in odyssey well so i don't know if these uh these people are like very much destination gamers and they want to be max level like overnight or something um i actually kind of found that i was leaving a lot of the side quests behind because they were just kind of low level right and there wasn't really much point in me doing them because they only reward low level loot like that's my main problem with the game is that this leveling system instead of improving the gear that you have available to you in terms of options or techniques or leveling up your skills instead it's just bigger numbers which is a really dumb way to do things because then like the sword that i like is really weak and the weapon that i don't like is really strong but I don't like using it. Yeah. But and is there no yeah. upgrade mechanic in, in in Odyssey? So is there no way you can like sell the shit that you just got and improve your weapon that you prefer using? Not that I'm aware. No, I think you can you can upgrade. Oh, wow. okay. There there are like these little slots in the gear that you can use to apply specific upgrades to it. But it's upgrades that you unlock <laughs> right, by getting right, achievements. Right. So oh. it's like. Five percent more damage to elites, or okay. you know, whatever. And it's so. Is it's there not really is there a blacksmith major. in the game? Uh, yes, and he's the guy that does the, that stuff. D- that stuff. Okay, slots. Okay, that's interesting. 
Because I like sticking with a particular weapon that I like. I, I picked up like this Roman short sword and I got it at like level 15 or so. And I've been keeping it with me and leveling it up um, as I've been progressing and getting to level 40 now. And it's been fun. Like, and I still use some of the other weapons because like sometimes you need like, um, you know, a spear or something when you're dealing with a particular enemy. But yeah, it's... I feel like Assassin's Creed Origins is a great game. Like, honestly. And there's a lot of people who say that it's actually a better game than Odyssey. And that Odyssey is only better in, like, how combat works. So in terms of, like, having different environments, apparently Origins is better. Also, the story of Odyssey is apparently worse than Origins. But I don't know. I've, I've actually liked most if not all assassin's creed games so yeah being honest i have to say that the the story didn't really captivate me all that much it it actually seems like the story in odyssey seems kind of weird and so how far contrived. how far are you into the game uh not that far in particular um i'm probably at the point where you're really starting to get the macro plot Right, yeah. Like my my protagonist is now aware of um like the secret society that's messing with things behind the scenes. Right, and, right, right. Yeah. Um and so on and so forth. Right. So okay. you know, I'm I'm at that point where the macro plot is is being revealed and I'm I'm now being driven by the macro plot rather than this like subjective just yeah, you know, cousin Benny wants you yeah, to go yeah. and get some seeds for the farm, right? You know, I'm I'm yeah. past that basically. Mm -hmm. Um but honestly, I found it kind of just contrived, a little bit cheesy. Like so, it's yeah. it's obviously not the reason you're playing the game. Put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I was re I really enjoyed the story in previous uh, iterations of uh, Assassin's Creed. So I'm kind of curious to see how uh, how these these two stack up. Like I've gone through quite a lot of Origins. I'm like. 50 60 hours in right now so um i've made quite a lot of progress and so far it's been really good mm -hmm. um but yeah i've 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 heard that odyssey is worse in terms of story so that might be the case um that being said like the favorite thing i i love about the assassin's creed games is just you know like the city and the environments are like characters almost by themselves and the painstaking amount of detail that's put in there and like all over the place even on like these small locations that you can visit outside of the city they all put in really nice things so even remote places can be interesting and that's one of the things that i find usually troublesome in big open world games it's like there's really not a lot of interesting stuff out there, like besides the main hub and maybe a few spots and locations, but there's not really a good reason to visit all these other places. You know, they put up a bunch of icons on your map and you can collect a collectible, but like, is it worth it collecting all of them? Like, really? And usually that isn't something that I do, but I found myself doing this in Assassin's Creed Origins. Then again, maybe I am. Yeah, but just... that's just because you love being in the world anyway. This reminds me of back when I was playing Guild Wars One. Yeah, and but I the really side loved... quests are genuinely good too. That take place in these remote places as well, right? 
it's not a criticism. What I'm saying is that because you enjoy being in the world so much, you're enjoying the the process of discovering these things, not because you feel the need to find them in their own right necessarily, but just because you enjoy being out there anyway. And this is kind of like, hey, you know, here's here's this thing that you can complete if you want to. And if you already enjoy doing that thing, then sure, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this reminds me very much of uh, back when I used to play Guild Wars 1. This is what I was I was going to say. Um, and I found myself going for the the map discovery achievements when they eventually released those where if you had been to every part of the map the way that the game worked is that it essentially had a kind of fog of war type system if you'd been to an area and your your vision sphere had uncovered a certain part of the map to make it visible you would have a a percentage of the world map that you had unlocked essentially so um, i found myself going for the achievement to get a hundred percent just because I loved running around in the world and had a good time exploring in its, you know, just for its own sake, if that makes sense. I didn't really care all that much about the achievement, except that I really loved running around in the world. So I don't know if that's something similar to what you were talking about. Yeah, very much, very much. Mm -hmm. The other thing I wanted to say is maybe I've changed a little bit as a gamer as well, because um, last year I also played... um, Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMO, and I'm basically somebody who drops every MMO like two or three hours in. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't even that great of an MMO. <laughs> like, honestly, I think the setting just kind of enthralled me a little bit there. Yeah, um, I really didn't that enjoy the, it as a game. So. The, the, the game on its own is not really stellar, at least not in the base game. Like I hear that as you play the expansions, it gets really fun. But it it's probably the world that I found most in- interesting, and it's probably the reason why I, why I went through like ninety hours of um pretty boring fetch quests. Um, I hear that later this year they're actually going to streamline that section, or at least like the section between the end of the main story and the first expansion, because there's apparently like a buffer of quests that you have to do before you can actually get to the expansion. And that's where I'm stuck right now. I'm like done with the main story. I've seen the credits of the base game, basically. And I just haven't found the willpower in me to um, go through this like fucking 70 quests. I actually don't know how many quests it are, but I think I'm going to wait until that patch drops so that it gets easier to get into the first expansion. And then I'm going to revisit the game. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm going to (laughs) do. There's something else I also played, Dane. Something that uh, I've been saying for the last three years that I've been meaning to play but have never gotten around to. I finally played The Witcher 1 and 2. Yeah. Can I get an applause, please? Thank you. Oh, my God. It took me forever to uh, finally start these. And, oh, my God, am I happy that I did. So, yeah, The Witcher is definitely one of my more memorable games of last year. Um, I think, like, my, my, my... what was my top three? I should probably look at my top three. I like, um, so yeah, my top three was basically Fire Emblem Three Houses because that was like so much content in one game. It was quite, quite ima- like almost crazy how much content there was in that game. We got like this kind of Fallout New Vegas esque game in the Outer Worlds, which was my number two. That was really good. Um, 
I even went through the trouble of buying it on the Microsoft Store, just so I could avoid the Epic Game Store. So there you go. Um, it was pretty good, pretty enjoyable. Uh, oh yeah, I also played through Persona 4. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about The Witcher, man. I'm, I'm glad, because you could talk about Persona 4 forever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Genuinely. Any Persona game. Any Persona game, yeah. Except the ones I've, I haven't played, of course. But yeah, uh, The Witcher, man. So you've played The Witcher as well, right? I have played The Witcher 2 and a little bit of The Witcher 3. Right, so I've played The Witcher 1 and 2. So the first one was very dated when I first started playing it. I, it took me a little bit of time before I fully convinced myself that this was a game worth playing. Um, I think the best way to describe it, it's kind of like a Bioware game. Like take one of the older Bioware games, like Dragon Age, like the yeah. original Dragon Age, like that's what it looks like. And that's kind of what it plays like, but not really. That being said, like the world is interesting. Geralt as a character is great. Like... There's so many things that actually reminded me of Bioware when I was playing this game. I was like, wow, this is so good. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, it's kind of funny, actually, because Geralt of Rivia was the character that convinced everybody in our generation that ponytails were still cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What a statement. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Okay. The ponytail statement. Okay, so, yeah, so which one? I think we have our episode title. The ponytail statement. Ponytail statement. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, Geralt, Geralt is an absolute badass, and he's got a ponytail. Apparently, the two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, Who that's knew? true. Who knew? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So, Witcher 1 was, like, outdated, but it was great. But it was really Witcher 2 that was phenomenal uh, in terms of how close to current generation of video games that it feels when it was a game that came out in 2012, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Um, I think I only played it back in like 20, 2015. I want to say there's obviously a great many things that you, if you go and play the game today that are like quality of life things that you will notice, like, yeah, no, I, I noticed them even at the time, but it was right. still a good game. Yeah, still a great game. So I was very excited, and I am very excited to start Witcher 3, which is uh, something I'm going to do later this year. I'm just like, I'm taking a little bit of time between playing the Witcher games because I don't want to tire myself out of this really nice franchise. And if I just play all three of them back to back, I might be like, oh, come on. Is this game almost over? And knowing that Witcher 3 can be like 100 hours long, you know, I, I, I don't really want to do that at this time. But it is happening. You know what else happened uh, this year, Thane? We finished Divinity Original Sin 2. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Speaking of things that were overdue. Finally. It took us three years. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh my gosh, man. I can't believe it took us so long. It was just getting everybody into one place really that made it difficult. And then, yeah. of course, when you're playing with other players, I was talking with a um, one of the guys that I, I live with, um, one of my housemates, uh -huh. and he's picked up the game after all this time. So oh. he's actually playing 
obviously the new mode of the game, yeah, the yeah, new so version. The, the definitive edition, right? Yeah, the definitive edition, right? So he's playing that. And obviously, because we started playing before that, we still have not played through the definitive edition in its entirety, at least. I've started, but I haven't played that far into it. Um, yeah. But I remembered him saying, oh, yeah, you know, once you figure out like how you can kind of cheese the combat, the combat is definitely not the strong point of the game because it's it's too easy to cheese it. And I had all these flashbacks of all these times when I watched somebody do something really stupid and unexpected. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I would say that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can agree with you, bro. Like if you play with other people, it becomes a very different animal. And he was yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, I can see how that would be the case. It's also very much dependent on the difficulty level. Because they actually put in a really smart AI, but it only... Like, it, you only face it on harder difficulties. So if you play on easy mode or, like, whatever, I think there, it's it's included in a few difficulty modes. But if you only play on easy, yes, you can cheese your way through combat. If you're playing on harder difficulties, forget it. You're going to have to think about things because it's, like, this really smart algorithm is, like, trying to figure out how to beat you. Mm-hmm. Um which I think would be great for a playthrough with a couple of people. Like, and like you'd have to like think together about how you're gonna face this. All right, all problem. right. I I want to do that. I want to do that with me and you, just two people, right? Yeah, and, and I, we'll see if we can do it. I think three people overcomplicates it, or four is like far too many people. Four is a joke, right? We we did it with three, and that was bad enough. It was bad. Like yeah. the number of times when even with with three people, it was stuff like. I was sitting there thinking like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to get rid of this guy first because he's the healer or whatever. And then somebody would just like jump into the middle and be like, all right, uh, this is a good decision. I, I enjoyed uh, I no. enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. But it was, it was definitely, it was definitely chaotic at times. Absolutely. Yeah. It was those times when somebody misclicked. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, like, the misclicks were the worst. Oh, I think that was the gosh. most- that was probably the most infuriating part is that you would sometimes misclick and then like the tide of battle just changes because you fucked up. Yeah. My personal favorite was when we didn't realize things were undead. Oh, yeah. And then Jeers would like throw this massive like poison nova and like and we would all get poisoned and we're like dying and shit and all the enemies are like, oh, thank God for those heals. <laughs> yeah. And we were just like, Ugh. Yep. Ugh. Let me just say again. Ugh. <laughs> Like that, that being just, said, oh man, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was it was great. Yeah, and yet it was definitely frustrating at times. But it was all I think kind of like how chaotic it was at times. Oh my gosh! Also spoiler really alert. contributed. Spoiler alert for anybody who wants to play this hasn't played it yet. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. That combat with the fucking blobs. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, what was, the fuck? Everything. Like, honestly, literally everything was on fire there. Everything. Everything I mean, was like, on fire. This is a game where clearly. That's clearly not a spoiler, fire, by the way. It's just a blob fight. Clearly cursed fire or cursed fire or whatever was added after the major balancing adjustments because cursed fire is everywhere. Every battle. Uh, you, you can't stop it. <laughs> it literally spreads like wildfire. Am I right? Am I right? It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's 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 crazy. 
It's crazy. It's, it's wild. It's like wildfire, like cursed fire, which cursed, spreads cursed like fire wildfire. Is, and I, I've played. Look, we've played Divinity like a hundred hours. I still don't know what cursed fire does. <laughs> it's, I still, it's, it's fire. I still don't really understand what it's the cursed modifier does. It's basically fire that you can't put out. Really? Is that really what curse does? Makes it harder to put out? Well, the curse the curse effect doesn't actually curse you, ironically enough, but like it causes necrofire, which is uh, a condition that does more damage than normal fire and you can't just get rid of it with water. You have to bless. But the problem is if you bless, the bless will spread so far. And then if it doesn't touch every last molecule of curse, the curse will then spread back into the blessed area. So it just undoes everything that you just tried to do. Welcome so to Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> it, would, it would be like a game of Othello. Vanilla. <laughs> if like flipping your opponent's tiles didn't work if they were also touching one of your opponent's tiles. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? It'd just be absolutely insane. For anybody who doesn't know the game of Othello, fucking Google it, okay? I can't be the only person who knows what this game is. Anyway, <laughs> it's a shitty version of Go, okay? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? What Anybody else? have a shovel? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What else? I wanted to mention another thing. Um, I don't know what that is, man. Oh, I know. There's this... Um, there, at a certain point last year, like, all of the video game companies were like, we're not going to release our game on time. <laughs> and they were like, we're going to postpone our releases. And The Last of Us was delayed. And Cyberpunk was delayed. And Final Fantasy VII Remake was delayed. And like every big game got delayed. It's wild. So now- I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh if Cyberpunk 2020 doesn't come out in 2020. Or if it comes out on like the last day of 2020. It's Cyberpunk 2077, right? So it, it might take us a while <laughs> before it gets released. <laughs> Oh, why did I think it was 2020? I don't know. <laughs> oh, because the role-playing game is uh, Cyberpunk ah, 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. That's why I thought. Okay. So there was there was a nugget of truth in there now, somewhere. <laughs> I can right. actually see it not release in 2020, to be honest, with all this, uh, you know, with this pandemic thing. I think it's the perfect excuse to not release in 2020. To be... Yes. To be even more frank, I think they might even no. They're not going to do. They're not going to say we're not releasing it for current gen consoles. But as you know, uh, the Xbox Series X, which is next gen, right, has been revealed. We know the specifications. Uh, Mark Cerny, who is responsible for like figuring out the internals of the new PlayStation, also did a, a basically a GDC talk that was broadcast because. GDC didn't happen <laughs> because of this virus. And then basically the specs of the PlayStation were revealed. And we know a couple of interesting things. And it seems to me that you should probably wait until you have a good machine to play Cyberpunk 2077. I'm saying if you've got an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, you might want to wait until PS5 and play it on there. Because I think that's going to be a far better experience. There was a rumor going around, actually, that the reason for the delay is that it just didn't run well enough on the base Xbox. 
So I wonder if this is just an optimization issue or if this is just a next gen game issue. Like they've really pulled out all the stops in order to make it um, really the best thing it can be. I like I saw a lot of people kind of saying they were a bit dubious about the mechanics and things because it didn't really seem to have the the same depth or the same visceral feel that you might have expected it to have. Especially because with the the setting of The Witcher, it's very naturally inclined towards a visceral feel anyway as a result of the fact that it's kind of a medieval setting and so most of your combat happens with swords and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's relatively easy to balance a game. You can still make it dangerous. Um, whereas mm-hmm. when you have like shit tons of guns and cyber powers and all this other stuff, it's a little bit more difficult Yeah, to not make it just a giant game of cat and mouse where the player never really has any difficulties. Well, when they released their first like gameplay thing on the web, like now two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. They did say that what you were seeing is like preliminary gameplay and they weren't sure what they were going to do. And apparently they've made a, like a bunch of changes since then. I, I honestly don't know what to expect with Cyberpunk. Like many people were hyping it because it's a CD Projekt Red game and because CD Projekt Red basically delivered Witcher 3 and that was great. Like this yeah, is a that, totally that was different. After they delivered Witcher 2. Yeah, but well. this is a totally different ball game. I'm sure mm-hmm. they have talented people working on it. And I'm sure it will be quite unlike anything we've seen before, but I but don't know. Is, I don't know how not, it will be received, though. I don't. I don't yeah. think how, this is I not really their own IP because they're still borrowing an IP from somebody else where it already existed. But at the same time, there, I think they have a lot more license to do what they want with this yeah, one. Absolutely, really. yeah. It's just I'm not confident in the core gameplay loop. I get this queasy feeling, almost like the same feeling I had with Anthem. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. And like, well, the fact that they need more time is probably good because most games that get get postponed, like even if it is only three or four months or whatever, I think they're better for it. This was a pretty big, like it's been postponed to like end of the year, I think. So the original release date was somewhere in April, if I'm not mistaken. So we could have had Cyberpunk in like a week or two, maybe. I think that was... And we would have had like The Last of Us a couple of weeks ago as well, The Last of Us 2. Like, and all of those games have been postponed. And I'm totally okay with that because honestly, like, I don't know what state Doom Eternal was in, but it's a pretty fucking good game today. So I'm pretty happy. And like, honestly... One of the greatest things to come out of this entire Doom Eternal like release date push is like the tie-in that they did with uh, Animal Crossing, where the Animal Crossing fans and the Doom fans would like create mashups of their two franchises, <laughs> which was wonderful to see. Tremendous. I don't know if you've seen those, but those are great. no, I haven't. Yeah, I oh haven't. Gosh, yeah. But that it sounds it sounds tremendous. It's it's magnificent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so i mean if you're stuck at home right now and you don't know what to do you know there's plenty of great games to pick up i guess maybe we could end the show today on like game recommendations for quarantine what do you think yeah maybe i'm not sure i'm qualified to do this though because i'm I'm looking at the list of things that i have 
played recently. Well, it, and, it doesn't um, need to be the most recent game because here's what I'm thinking, right? Okay, so look, here's here's what I've been playing recently, right? Yeah. I've been playing Black Desert Online. I decided to get back in for an event. They're having their fourth anniversary shindig right now, and there is really crap tons of stuff going on. If you're going to pick up the game, now is definitely not the worst time. So who's it um, for, mostly? Like, who who does this game... Okay, so Black Desert Online is kind of an interesting MMO. It's a, a Korean MMO, so you can imagine that it has an emphasis on grind. It is very much a progression-based experience. So if you're not into the loot grinding uh, loop, it's not for you. 100% it's not for you. However, one of the cool things about it is that it does have this interesting pseudo-medieval type setting, and they've managed to immerse the crazy superhero powers and the big energy blasts and magic abilities and all that stuff they've managed to Im- like yeah from bear- what i've seen from like other players it's pretty like fast combat right and, and like it looks well, pretty dope so i was i was gonna get to that but one of the cool things for me is about the way that they've linked everything together thematically and even visually it looks plausible somehow even though these are like ridiculously powerful effects that you would never see coming out of somebody's hands in real life or their sword or whatever but it doesn't look stupidly over the top for the most part, right? It's it's going to be a little bit anime, but you know it's not it's not ridiculously over the top. Um, yeah. So that's very cool. It doesn't break the the feel of the world, which is very nice. Um, but the I would say it's almost like when it comes to combat, it's almost like a fighting game because yeah. you've got like directional key inputs, key combos, but they're relatively simple. Um, you don't have that many different attacks and things available. It's mostly divided by classes, as you would expect with an MMO, but each class essentially has a, a fighting skill set that they do. So it's almost like choosing different characters in a fighting game. You have a different weapon, I think basically like Soul Calibur, right? right. Where you've got yeah. different moves you can do with every character. It's it's more like that. Okay. Um, so I find that really enjoyable. Um, if you're fighting enemies, obviously they're a lot tougher. You do have to know your skills and know your rotations and things like that, but it's not wildly different from other MMOs in the concepts that you're using, which is the, the underlying concepts, like doing your skill rotation effectively, not messing it up so that you get your damage boost before your big damaging attack and things like that, right? Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the combat system, that it's more like a fighting game, um, smoother, less kind of click to move and things like that, whereas Final Fantasy is very old school by comparison. Yeah, very much, very much so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's that, but then there's also a huge emphasis on life skilling. So you've got things like your your professions, your jobs that you do. Yeah. So um, I'm getting into cooking and hunting and various other things right now. And some of them are clunkier than others. A lot of them you do have to put in a significant investment to really get anything back. And because there's this emphasis on the the progression loop, all of it ultimately is for the purpose of getting you more money, which you spend on better gear, which you use to get more money, which you spend on better gear and so on. But if you enjoy the process, I think it's worthwhile. The world is really beautiful. It's lovely to explore. I know a lot of people have a great time just dressing up their character really nice and going out to remote locations and taking photos. Um, yeah, so it if, seems to be if, something that's really popular. If you're looking for an MMO with like a fresh take, this yeah. might be something quite interesting, right? Yeah, definitely. So okay. fast-paced combat, which is more like a fighting game. You've got the loot grinder thing if you're into that. You've got the life skilling if you want to have a more relaxed almost Farmville type experience. Mm -hmm. And then of course you can interact with other players and stuff. So it's got the multiplayer thing as well. Um, Other games that I've been playing are they are billions. So that's a fun one. It's a different take on kind of 
the turret defense zombie survival kind of real-time yeah. RTS type thing. Um, I spend about 90% of the game in pause mode because I'm a total scrub <laughs> and I, and I still lose my colony every fucking time. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's very punishing. It's one of those, like one zombie comes in and does a little bit of damage to a tent and then they infect the tent, which spawns 20 more zombies. And those 20 more zombies run to 20 more tents, which produces whatever 20 squared is more zombies. And pretty soon your whole base is nothing but zombies and you lose. And even one zombie can do that. So you have to keep everything protected. You can't yeah. expand too fast, but you can't expand too slow. Otherwise, you won't have the infrastructure that you need when the big hordes come. Um, especially at the end, the, where the game gets its namesake is uh, when you get to the end of the, the period that you've set for survival. It's like 100 days by default, but you can make it longer to make it easier or right. shorter to yeah. make it harder. Uh, it's one of the, the difficulty factors you can change, um, which I'll actually talk more about in a second. But... Um, when you get to the end, it says a huge horde of zombies is approaching. They are billions. And it's not fucking joking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The entire map is covered in zombies, mm, yeah. which means that you have to be able to kill them <laughs> fast enough that they pretty much don't get to touch your walls. Otherwise, you're going to lose. Right. Right. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, but one of the things I really like about the game is it's not just like turret defense. You've got a lot more in the way of resource management. The maps are random every time, which is a pro and a con. You can't practice a map. You The most annoying thing, I would say, is that you cannot reload a save. The game saves continuously. There is no way to quit the game without saving. And so if you screw something up and you make one tiny mistake and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't yeah, put a soldier to cover that tiny gap around the edges of my walls that I didn't realize was there... That one zombie is going to wander in, and that one zombie is going to ruin your entire base, right? And you can't go back, exactly. So yeah. um, that's really frustrating. But one of the things I do really like about it is the way that you can change the difficulty settings. Because instead of just, like, easy, medium, hard, yeah. instead you have what I would call derived difficulty. So it'll give you a percentage, right? And you start off with, like, easy mode, which is, like, 20% difficulty, right? And you can set all the different factors that go into making the game easy or hard. And so instead of just choosing easy mode, where you get more time and the zombie population is reduced and various other things, you know, happen, it's almost like when you're when you're playing a game and you you mouse over or you you hover over if you're playing on a console, mm -hmm. the option for easy mode, and it will say, Enemies do less damage. Yeah, you yeah. do more damage. Yeah. Resources are more abundantly available, right? Yeah. Instead of it telling you those things, it lets you control those things. Mm -hmm. And then it, it figures out what the overall difficulty is. Right. So, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. if my problem with the game is that it takes too long, I can make the time shorter, which obviously means that the zombies are coming more frequently. Yeah. And the end of the game will come sooner. So that makes it harder and it increases my difficulty rating. So what I can do to bring the difficulty rating down is I can do other things like reducing the zombie population. And I can also set, um, I don't know, a map pa palette, for example, that is more favorable. It's easier to work with. So instead of being out in the desert where there's like no resources and basically nothing for miles around, instead I can be in a lush forest where it's really easy to gather wood and stone and there's lots of natural choke points to help control the zombie invasion and stuff like that. Um, it's just a really cool kind of different game. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, it's very much about base management. So if you prefer something that gives you time to strategize over something like, I don't know, Starcraft 2, if you're still playing that, which is yeah. a, a lot faster paced, then that's definitely a great game for you. I've also been playing Borderlands 3, oh, which yeah. right. I can recommend, actually. It's it's pretty good. Um, something I really like comparing Borderlands 3 to the previous entries in the series is that the gunplay is a lot smoother, feels a lot nicer. Enemies are still bullet spongy, which kind of disappoints me. I would far, far have preferred more enemies to spawn. And well, have it's, the- uh, it's a Borderlands staple, right? So... Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, it does have that RPG aspect that, you know, your guns basically feel like shit if you're fighting anything tough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, you know, that's that's a thing. The characters are still the same characters that they were before. Some of them are funny, some of them are not. A lot of people have really ragged on and on and on about how bad the story is. Yeah, It is bad. Yeah. So is that why you play Borderlands? Probably no. not. You, you play, it for play the- Borderlands to shoot things in the face. You play it to shoot things in the face, the cool abilities, the crazy gun factors that make yeah. all the different weapons really unique and different. So yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. As a gameplay experience, it's definitely a step up from the previous Borderlands. It depends if you're really into the story or not, I guess. And then just as a kind of wild card to quickly wrap up, I've been actually picking up Overwatch again. Um, somebody suggested playing it not too long ago, and I think all of our crew now, except for like you and one other person, <laughs> have gotten back into playing it. So um, it's just kind of fun to jump back into something, and it's, I mean, it's still the same game. They've changed a few things about the matches and stuff like that, so you can you can basically queue for specific roles now, which is nice, and it helps to keep the teams a little bit more balanced. Um, yeah, just, it's fun. It's still Overwatch. But anyway, yeah, so that's, that's basically that. Um, what about yourself? Well, um, I've recently been playing a couple of games. So I've talked about Assassin's Creed Origins earlier. Um, I've also played a little bit of Doom, which has been great. But if I had to make some recommendations to people, you know, you know, we're all at home for a couple of weeks now where we have to avoid coming outside. So now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, to play those long games. And what better long game would I be recommending other than Persona 5? So yeah, there you go. Fire Emblem? Yeah, well, there there we go. Fire Emblem. Yes, Fire Emblem. No, but my number one recommendation at this point, I think, would be Persona 5, simply because it's a very long game. And if you didn't have the time for it before, like, capitalize, man. Play also it. The, also The Witcher 3, though. If you didn't have time and you really want to get sunk into an experience, like... I think Witcher 3 is an excellent option. Witcher 3 is also a recommendation. I would also recommend Zelda Breath of the Wild if you haven't played that one yet. Mm -hmm. It can also be quite lengthy if you want to do all that there is to do. So this is like the perfect time to get into it. And then, you know, if you really feel like you want to play this game and you can waste however many hours, play whatever live service game you want, (laughs) basically, right? (laughs) So... Mm -hmm. There's plenty of options out there. I think if you're looking for something fun um, and you're, you you want to play with friends because, you know, we're all isolated a little bit, so maybe you want something that's a little bit more f- multiplayer friendly, then there's quite a few options out there. You know, everybody's playing these Battle Royale games still. Like, we're still playing Apex Legends. We're still playing um, 
you know, like the new Call of Duty Warzone mode, which is a new, the newest, the latest, and the greatest battle royale thing that's currently going around. Um, there's the, of course, the legendary multiplayer games slash shooters that are still around. So Rainbow Six Siege is still as you know as popular as ever. Um, even though it's gotten quite difficult now at this point, I've I returned to it briefly and I was overwhelmed by the amount of operators like they added to the game. It's like wow. I think it's it's not just that though. I think it suffers from a problem that I noticed a lot with uh, Team Fortress Two mm-hmm. and uh, also Natural Selection Two in its later stages before it kind of closed down. It's become much more of a niche player base, and so the people who have stuck with it are very into the game. Yeah, very well versed in the game. And if you're just dropping in to have some fun as a more casual player, you're going to get wrecked. I think that's the problem with most games nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like it's this one of the reasons why I don't enjoy Overwatch as much as I do anymore as I did at launch. I having just dropped back into it recently, um, as you know, from my, uh, my yes. statement, um, I have to say it's really not as bad as you might think. It might just be right now because of all the people who are home as a result of, you know, coronavirus and things. Um, but I definitely did not feel massively outclassed. They've apparently made a lot of effort to improve the matchmaking system. And if that's the case, then it definitely shows. I um, think I've just gotten really shit at the game by because I haven't played in quite a while. <laughs> I don't know, man. You can you can point and click with the best of them. So I, I can't think that you would be that bad, really. Um, I think you just don't want to play, which is fair enough. <laughs> it's fair enough. I'll forgive you this once. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm great like that, right? Yeah, you are. You're a wonderful human being. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. I'm a human. You're the greatest. Yeah. So um, let's wrap this episode up, shall we? It's been like, oh, we can do a thirty-minute episode. Whoops! One hour and forty minutes later. Yeah, you know, I I didn't, uh, I didn't I'm so say anything sorry. at the time. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I, I I knew better. we all it's knew okay. it was going to happen, right? <laughs> I, I knew what I was signing up for. Yes, <laughs> to sign up is to accept the one hour terms and conditions. Anyway, moving swiftly onwards, let's tie the episode up. So, um, yeah, just to I think it it might be worth just quickly addressing the elephant in the room, not to pour too much uh, content on the fire here, so to speak. But um, yeah, obviously we uh, we haven't been around for a while now. Um, Absolutely. At, at present moment, when this uh, episode is being made, we don't have a huge number of listeners. Uh, we're really just doing this because we enjoy it. And so we obviously appreciate every listen. Uh, we haven't really done a whole lot to uh, to show very much respect for that, I guess. But um, I think probably the best way to put this is that sometimes, sometimes life and uh, factors around our hobbies can change. Um, I'm sure everyone is aware of this. You know, we're all, we're all adults or we all will be at some point. Um, Eight. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of things have been happening just in, in my life and also I think in your life as well, Silver. Um, yes. So these things have just kind of come between us and our desire to do the podcast. Um, and play I'm many not, games in re- actually too, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was even a period of time where really we weren't we weren't playing much in the way of games at all. Um, our, uh, our Discord, where we have our, our whole crew, not just the two of us, but everybody else that we hang out with, um, was very, very quiet. Barely anybody was on for a long period of time. And yeah. I think we were all just kind of dealing with stuff at the same time. So 
Yeah, the uh, the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020 has just been a, a bit of a rough time. So I think we're both, we've had multiple conversations about this over a period of time. And I think both of us are still interested in doing the podcast. So uh, we do hope for anybody that's returning that you will keep listening. Um, just keep checking and uh, we'll keep producing content as we do. I can't promise it'll be regular. I can't promise it'll be the number one priority in our lives, but we are going to try. And I think we both have a passion for this project. So um, yeah, exactly. So subscribe in your in your podcast app of choice. And when a new episode releases, you'll see it in your feed some, somewhere. So I think I speak for both of us when I say that uh, we're both looking forward to what's to come. Absolutely. Okay. Especially, especially like with all the games that are coming out and stuff like that. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, so. I think it's going to be 2020 is going to be an interesting year, I think, at the very least. Yeah, but, like a uh, lot of good stuff was postponed, but I'm sure we'll get it eventually. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So with that, I think we're going to wrap everything up and bring this episode to a close. For those of you who are returning, thank you so much for coming back and checking out the podcast again. For any new listeners, we do always thank you for checking these things out. We do this as a passion project, so we really appreciate every single listen. And uh, yeah, I think so from both of us, thank you very much for listening once again. And wherever you are in the world, we both want to wish you a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Hopefully it won't be nine months until our next episode. See you then. Well, I have missed my period, so. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've been missing it for about, you know, like 30 years. Is that a bad sign? Guys? Guys? <laughs> where, are you, where, where are you going, guys? <laughs> guys? 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 Are right. you still here? Hello. God, my aching head. Don't you know what it's like having a hangover when you're fucking bald? All the sounds just go right into your head, transmitted directly into your brain, because you don't have the insulation of hair, guardian. And then the sounds just bounce around inside your empty head. I'm from an alien race, don't you know? We just happen to look exactly like humans except for being blue. We're kind of like dinosaurs. <laughs>